Let's just keep talking for a second to make sure mm. that the the levels get the levels all right. Yeah, the one I did with Dave Rozowski, I realized that after the fact, because it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I only have like forty five minutes, and like he's a he's a big man. deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like recorded the whole thing, and then afterwards I realized that my audio was so quiet compared to his, so like had to go. Well, I know. <laughs> had to go. Through, you actually had to go and increase your volume. Yeah, for like every area, every time, or just like, and half the time I cut it out. Or like, would just, if I couldn't, if I couldn't like make it, if it was like at the beginning of something, you know, yeah. like, like I just had to cut it out, which then made the interview sound even more, like Radiolab, like kind of like they cut out all the gaps in between. And it well, no, no, it, it made it sound <laughs> even more like him just talking the whole time. Because that's, that's, like, that's, that's it, kind of every interaction that I have had with Dave Rosen. Right, like, well, that's <laughs> what I mean. It was already, it was already eighty-five percent him just talking, <laughs> and then like then by me having to edit it out, it got to the like ninety-five percent. So then it just doesn't sound like I'm doing an interview at all. It just sounds like it, it just sounds, sounds like, like him being like, "I'm gonna talk about myself for an hour." I realize that I get like. Uh, I, how I behave while I'm watching improv, yeah, I realize I picked that up from Dave Rosowski because he, like, have you ever, you've taken a class with him, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, does he, does he still, like, like, get on the edge of his seat and, like, squirm while he's watching scenes, like, and you can, you can see how reactive he is, like, when he sees something he likes and he's like, oh, <laughs> like, and, and he's, like, and he, he's always on edge, like, and basically standing on the chair. Yeah. Uh, and I realize, like, as I do improv with, like, my, high school kids and like and just generally whenever I whenever I'm watching a scene like that's how I, that's what I do too and I realize I picked that up from him because I'm just I'm just there like like I'm moving around like watching it from different angles and I'm like ah, ah, ah. I think whenever I see something it's, that's good it's good for like the students it's obviously way than like when you're doing improv and there's no you know there's, like, there's huh. no reaction yeah and that's I feel like Especially if you're doing long form, that helps because interaction with the audience is more subtle than you know than it is in in short form, where you're literally asking for stuff. And you know, like I feel like having that, being able to tell like what who's affected by what is good. For yeah, letting yeah. a scene play out. Been thinking about that a lot with like doing long form, mm-hmm. like in practice, and how different how different it is when you do it in a practice versus. When you do it in front of the audience, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like, often with long form, like, the audience will kind of tell you what they like, or, like, yeah. tell you what is funny, because you're not going in with the game of, like, oh, this is going to be funny because mm-hmm. of this short form mm-hmm. premise that we're, like, setting you up. You don't have the, you, you, I mean, you don't have the, yeah, the premise of the game to rely on. Right. Yeah. So, like, half the time it's like, oh, well, the audience liked that. We'll do more of that. But, like, mm-hmm. in practice, it's like... It, so it, it depends where where it, like long form depends on so much like it depends on what your venue is where you're performing what audience you're getting because if we did long form for a bit players audience uh, there's a good like I think some of them would enjoy it but there's probably a good half of them that would be like what what is this like uh, right yeah if you just went up and did like TJ and Dave style long TJ, form and, well just TJ like, and Dave like you you better be as good as TJ and Dave if you're gonna do a TJ and Dave style long form TJ and Dave is the, <laughs> it's the most mind I would, I'll just keep recording now actually because yeah. now we start talking about improv so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah TJ and Dave I think it's the best I think it's the best thing ever <laughs> but, yeah. but like well, yeah. but for like so many ways of like for an audience who's never seen improv I went and saw them in, in New York and um you know what's his face from? It's like the the guy who's the lead person in um, in Law and Order, like Vincent Defoe. Vincent D'Onofrio. He was sitting yeah. like in front of he us was there? at the TJ, and it was like 
that so, makes total sense. So it was just like it was just like no, this isn't an improv thing. This isn't like a a scene thing anymore. Like they're so good that it gets to the point where it like becomes like a red carpet. Yeah. Because it's the other thing that I think is so great about because like they they do long form, but they don't really do long form when you because there's no there's no edits or like there's none of the montage that you like normally associate well, yeah, they, with, they, with they long don't do form. A, yeah, they just they, they just kind of do like a like a. Improvised stream play, whatever. Like, yeah, starting right. Do they kind of like? If I remember correctly, I haven't seen them in a long time. But do they kind of do like? It's almost a slacker format. A teeny bit, but I wouldn't really even. I wouldn't even put like any form. It's literally just like, yeah, they don't get the suggestion, so they just like look at each other, mm-hmm. figure out what they're in the middle of yeah. just by looking at each other. Like they yeah. don't start from the beginning. They're just like, what's going on right now? Yeah, and then start it. Yeah, and then maybe like one personal. It's usually one location. The one I saw was up like a barista, uh-huh. and so like at a little point, they went out to like someone went outside and they were like at the bench in front of the coffee shop, yeah, and stuff. But never, never like a, a need for a cut to. Like they literally walked through a door mm-hmm. and were there. So it was still like single location. And then I love how they, you know, like say it's, it's the two of us and we're like baristas, and then the boss comes in and I leave to play the boss, and yeah, then like. Yeah. That ghost player still stays there, and then if that person yeah. if that person needs to talk, you come over and you like so TJ comes over and takes over one of Dave's characters. Yeah, t- that's that's incredible. Like to, to, to see that, like, and it's so hard to do. Like that's yeah, why that's, so that's hard why I say to do. you better be as good as TJ and Dave. And then and who who else? Who the other uh, the uh, the other duo that I've seen do a similar thing? Have you ever seen Weird Ass? Uh, Stephanie Weir and, yeah, and uh, Bob, Bob Dassey. Dassey. Yeah, I, I haven't seen them, but I know. I, I saw them in I saw them at Del Close one year, and that was that was pretty incredible. They would do group scenes and just like each, oh, like they'd have the two central characters, and they'd each like kind of one by one leave to populate another populate the scene in another way. Like it's it, oh, that's so it's cool. pretty incredible. Yeah, but the other like the thing that I think is so great about DJ and Dave, aside from just like improv as doing improv, I think about improv like for the for the audience. Mm-hmm. Like how you how you present improv to different audiences, and so and the thing I think is so cool about the TJ and Dave thing is like a lot of the times with improv, it's like a weird it's a weird thing. Not like short form because everyone's seen seen Who's Line, so like they're pretty used to like used to that. But if you're just like we're gonna do a Herald or we're gonna do whatever, and there's like you know people like tagging people out or like we cut to we see we see this on the stage. Uh-huh wipes all of those things which are like which if no matter how much theater you see you've never seen you've never seen those improv conventions mm-hmm. so like the, like TJ and Dave don't do any of that they mm-hmm. don't they don't do the stereotypical all we need to get started from the audience is a word yeah. so you get rid of that they don't do any edits any tag outs yeah. any cut twos the fact that different people play other people like you instantly just realize oh it's two people of course they have to do that if it was yeah. if it was two people playing doing Macbeth of course other people would play other characters so it like has that thing of like you being impressed by the fact that it's improv but it like removes it removes all of the barriers or all of the like confusion that you would get Uh if you had never seen improv and you went and saw an ass cat or something and I think that takes a lot of skill to do, like that, that, that to, to be able to kind of boil it down to the essential like that and still come across and as, as, still be able to relate to just a general right. Because all yeah, because I guess if you think about all of those things, tag outs, wipes, mm-hmm. just edits, suggestions, all of those are tools, right? They're all tools that improvisers use. 
Yeah, so you are literally giving up all all of the tools that have been built into improv to make it feasible. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you're like, no, let's get rid of every device that we have created. Well, it's like in order it, to it, do our art form. It's the same principle as just like yeah, taking off the training wheels after, you know, kind of each level you reach. At first you say don't ask questions, then you say okay, like yes, ask, ask questions, but make sure they, they they add something to the scene. Like right. then say always yes and, but like you know, sometimes saying no is saying yes. Like it's right, that, yeah, yeah. It's agree same, with it's the player, but you don't have to agree with the character. Yeah. Yeah, I think that once you've once you've reached the point where like you can do that, yeah, do it. <laughs> like r- remove the you know break the rules. Hey everybody! As always, it's me, Clayton Mashad, and that was my sound check with Jim Foley. Sorry if you've heard me rant about some of that stuff before, but like I said, it was just supposed to be a sound check. But once uh, we got going, we just couldn't stop. Jim is a veteran member of the Bit Players, Rhode Island's most award-winning comedy troupe. You can check him and them out every Friday and Saturday night at the Firehouse Theater in Newport. It's Who's Line style short form, and it's BYOB, so if you like getting drunk and you like laughing, chances are you'll love it. And they also have a podcast called Bits Per Second, and you should check that out. Our plan was to talk about genre and compare genre work across short form and long form, but as that sound check suggests, we spend a lot of time just geeking out about what we love about improv. Don't worry, though, eventually we do get around to talking about both short and long-form genre work and doing farce, and after a few afternoon drinks, we even do a ridiculous sci-fi scene for y'all at the end. As always, if you like this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts, and like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. It's so funny, because I was going to say, oh, do you have kids? Or are you just talking about a pet? No, it's uh, it's my wife's cat rescue that we we took in just for the night. Uh, this the litter of kittens that were found in a house in Connecticut with the like and had arranged to drop them off at a shelter today. But she just drove to the shelter and there's nobody there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So yeah. Until <laughs> they get you, they're like, we'll just tell them to go to this close shelter and then they'll yeah <laughs> keep the kittens. <clears throat> um. So I finally, nor, normally, uh, so you listen, you listen to the ADD comedy podcast? No, I have, I, oh, no. I have, I, I did a few times, I haven't listened to it regularly. It's like one of my favorite ones, but uh-huh. it's, I wouldn't say it's hit or miss or anything, it's just mm-hmm. that he doesn't interview exclusively improvisers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is all I care about. I don't care about like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear Dave Rosowski talk about not improv. <laughs> yeah, it still becomes about improv, almost everyone. Like, even. Because yeah. lots of the people are people like you met through Second City. So even if it's like Tim Meadows or. or um, yeah. Or Steve Carell or mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert or something like that. Mm-hmm. They still just end up being like name dropping about their Second City days. Oh, yeah. But that's a good one. I like Improv Yak. Um, yeah. And I like your I like your show. I think, like, you're. Like, I. I think yours is like the yours is like the best kind of straightforward one that ever like that's not because that, that, I like I like how you grab whoever's in town and like yeah <laughs> whoever's around like and I kind of like do you have you ever listened to a TV guidance counselor no never it's heard of it with Ken Reed who's a Boston comedian uh, where his the premise is uh, he he will have a, a guest and they will talk they will pick a week from TV guide like a pick a week in TV history 
which is basically like an issue, pick an issue of TV Guide, and they will talk about like what they would have been watching that week. <laughs> so like whether it's from their childhood or something like that. That could almost be a cool two for yeah, a, a, oh, yeah. a two person short form where that like where you just pretend that like like you get your history. You know, it's like, can we get an episode? And then you just, you guys just flip through it, spend like three minutes flipping through it. So you're like, oh, now I know what time period we are. We're in Friends season two. Yes. Uh, yeah. Frasier season four. Exactly. And then, yeah. and then you just do an entire show based off like. That would be a cool thing. Can like, you believe what Ross did that. to Rachel? Oh my god. <laughs> that that would be like yeah, that would be pretty cool. I don't know if anybody actually does that. <laughs> but like the the. The reason it reminds me of that is that he will have like big, he'll have big names on his show, like from TV, like, and like he'll have like Will We In on, or somebody, or like Adrian Barbo, or somebody who's like somebody who's famous, and then he will have just some local person. So, like, he'll have like big name, and then like Tim Vargulish. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, who, uh, who, I love, uh, I love yeah. yeah. And he'll have like. Ahmed Baruch, but from before he got his Comedy Central special. I can't believe, like, I know, I can't believe how big he is now. Um, but, like, that's what yours got, because you will you will have Dave Rozowski and then me. Well, <laughs> 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 when I originally started doing it, I, I was, I wanted to do, like, um, like an actual improv, mm-hmm. improv podcast, mm-hmm. you know, like a spontaneation or improv for humans. That's what I wanted to do with Bits Per Second originally, Bits Per Second, the Bit Players podcast. <laughs> that, like we 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 started just kind of talking about uh we 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 will occasionally still talk about improv but then it's kind of just become hey let's talk about it's stuff. hard it's hard <laughs> yeah it's hard to like do improv especially because you need to like coordinate I don't know so anyway I was like oh, I want to do like an improv or humans or or some some variation and then mm-hmm. it was just like that would be hard mm-hmm. like I know a lot of improvisers. I can yeah. just talk to them, and so then originally it was literally just supposed to be like, like the premise was like I'm going to talk to Rhode Island improvisers, mm-hmm. and then um, and then it was just the first, right when I started the podcast was the first OSIF, mm-hmm. and so then Kaiser was there and Pgraf were there, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, You're not gonna just I'm not going to not get interview. out of here, foreigners. Yeah, like, I'm not going to yeah. not interview. Yeah. I'm not going to not interview both of them exactly. So then it was like, the like when I like either like started iTunes, it was like I talked to my favorite improvisers from Rhode Island about blah blah blah, and then it was like, well, the first two episodes are not are, from Rhode Island. Yeah. One's one's not even from America. Well, yeah. And then uh, so get the hell out. I mean, come on. And then once I realized, like, oh well, there's you know two or three festivals. A, well, there's like two festivals a year. People come. Mm-hmm. And teach workshops like uh, the Dave Rilowski workshop was at Improv Boston, mm. so I just drove like went up there and took the workshop, and then he and then did the interview with him. Mm. So then I was like, well, there's no point, and they're all everyone's so fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like yeah. Dave was just like, yep, sounds great. Joe Bill was like, yep, sounds, that's that's awesome. Sounds great. I know. It's, that's that's why that's why they were like really generous players. <laughs> I, yeah, I, right. It goes, yeah. it goes, uh, hand in hand. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Let's start. Let's do the actual. Let's do some actual. Let's do some actual. Actual podcasting. Stuff. Actual podcasting. Cool. All right. So it starts with your general bio. So like, how did you get into improv? You teach kids now. Mm-hmm. You're on bit players. So just, and then that, and then I'll just interrupt you, ask yeah, you yeah, a question, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. etc. Well, I uh, I got into improv in college 
um, that I went to PC uh, and was kind of was one of these Providence starting, College. Providence College, yes. Uh, and start I was one of the starting members of their improv troupe, Rejects on the Rise, which I think is still there. I, you know, I'm, like I'm an old man now, so I've lost lost touch. But last I checked, like 2012 ish, <laughs> it was still going strong. And that's that's kind of the first time I did it for real. We did short form. Short form. Based, right. uh, it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was fun. That's uh, that's where I met Melissa Bowler. I've been I've been adjacent to like the most successful improvisers in the area. <laughs> uh, um, Melissa Bowler, who now is now the executive director of Providence Improv Guild, was in our group, and we kind of came up in improv together. I she's one of my she, she's one of my uh, one of the people I most admire. I should say, yeah, um, definitely one of the best improvisers in the state. Yes. Um, and so after after college, uh, I uh, joined Unexpected Company, um, where I met Tim Thibodeau um, and Frank Fizarro, who uh, and that's like every, that's like everyone, right? Who's like used to like everyone who's been doing improv for it, it's that, one of the, it was that, one of the major team, ones. That's like Nick Mandelo, Nick Mandelo, Andy Mandelo. Uh, and like JJ, JJ Lang, was yeah. like the coordinator. Or it was something. yeah. It was one of the it, it was one of the original three kind of like when when Providence Improv Fest started. It was it was three groups. It was uh, it was Improv Jones. It was Speed of Thought Players. It was Unexpected Company. Yeah, uh, and I remember just like happening like Providence Improv. There was Fest like twenty members or something. Like, something like that. It was like there were like ten. Um, that was that's, like, that's not very, okay. Never mind. That, I, don't know, like, I thought there was like some crazy amount. There were, there were, I remember there being a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, Ahmed was on that. And stuff, right? Ahmed was like a little bit later. Yeah, it was actually it was kind of, it was after Ahmed had been like Ahmed Bruce established. Uh, Conan O'Brien uh, of fame. Conan O'Brien fame of Stephen Colbert fame <laughs> of Comedy Central half hour fame and of the album Almond Baduti, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, uh, yeah, Ahmed was he was already he, he was already a pretty well established stand up in Boston and Rhode Island. Uh, by the time he joined, he just wanted to do improv. Like so, he and Tim Margulish, who was the other funniest guy from Rhode Island, uh, he, they they joined the group for a while, and I really like performing with them. So yeah, I was with Unexpected Company for like three, four, four years, something like that. Uh, you and guys that's... performed in like the the. Basement of the Warwick Historical Museum. It wasn't the basement. It was in. It was a uh, in the museum proper. Uh, it was the. <laughs> in war, front of... It's it's where BYOI performs now. It's um, the Warwick war Museum of Art. There uh, do, does BYOI still perform there? I don't know. Right. Uh, I thought you. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you were. They're not on my radar. Um, oh, okay. Um, For better or worse, I don't. They, I don't they, mean to sound dismissive. They uh, last I checked, they they were the ones occupying it now. So that was where we were, and yeah, that was like that that that's when I kind of did my did like, took the most workshops and like was the most involved in like Providence Improv Fest. Like that was when I that was, it was before I had a had a full time job for one thing, <laughs> and so I went to like all these festivals. Went to Miami. Went to Philadelphia. Went to Del Close Marathon a bunch of times. Went to Austin. Like was heavily involved in PIF every single year like when that's when 
first saw TJ Dave, first saw Rosowski and Clifford, first saw like Jill Bernard. I don't know if you have you yeah, met Jill yeah. Bernard. I haven't I haven't met her, but she, both uh, both Rosowski and Joe Bill are have improv crushes on her, so they talk about her all the time. Yeah, she's she's my favorite improv celebrity. Like the, <laughs> that I've ever, like she, she's the most approachable and the most fun person. When Frank left Unexpected Company, Frank Fazzaro, who's now artistic director of the Bit Players, and the other guy from Pete and the other guy, when he left, he kind of befriended Jack and Donna Madem, who run the Firehouse Theater in Newport. The, they had established the Bit Players in like 2007 or so. And when a bunch of them broke off and formed Sky Punch, uh, and the Frank and I kind of stepped in and we in the group reformed and now that's basically what it is today and that's kind of mostly what I've been doing since uh, the doing the doing short form with the bit players and cool and so then you say you teach kids improv yep is that a, uh, thing, is that a thing you do yeah it is actually it's a thing I did not know you did I, until you mentioned it earlier yeah like I teach English I teach high school English so I like I, you know I, I Catcher in the uh, Rye. That's my get, get good old yep, Catcher in the Rye, <laughs> Mice and Men, all the books by just old the greatest, dead, dead white guys. The best advice um, I ever got from my high school English teacher was uh, when she, I was a very Holden Caulfield teenager, uh-huh. and she went up to me and she's like, every person who pumps gas at a gas station thinks that they're Holden Caulfield. Mm. Don't be that person. Well, yeah, that's uh, what I, like, yeah, I basically like, do the same thing. Yeah, it was like, don't. Uh, don't uh, don't never do anything in your life because you think everything is is bullshit. Like find something you're passionate about and actually do it, oh, yeah. rather than hate everything. It was like, oh, you're right. I that do is. hate everything. I'm a shitty person. Uh, that is a it's also yeah. It's also like st- stop look stop looking for a male role model when there is none. Like that's a, that's a, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole, that's other, a whole other issue. Other, yeah. And like, yeah, and you know, don't uh, learn to grieve properly. Like that's what I that's what I take from that one. Ah, well, um, that, yeah, that later one is something I've never learned and still haunts me to the <laughs> Jim, you, hmm? Jim, you've changed me. I, I have I done this? Have I like? Have I, have... You were my new high school. You were my new high school your teacher. My there is school. like there is that kind of be, being a being a teacher. There is that kind of like the the, the feeling like. Man, if I were in high school now, I'd be the coolest. <laughs> Which is right. You think that? There is that. But it, well, there, it's a phase because now I'm an old man. Like now, I'm getting to the phase where I'm like, I don't know what these kids are listening to. Or yeah, like, it's like that mid twenties. You're like, they all have crushes on me. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, then it's like you're thirty. You're like I'd be, I'd be made fun of even more. Yeah, it's come back around like that yeah. curve. But yeah, like the drama teacher and the like, the the teacher who runs the drama club, who's also also an English teacher. Okay, had, so it's had, not uh, it's not improv specific. It's oh no, it is like it it is, but like okay, had cool. had ex- but she she had expressed that like she said oh, like, she was thinking of starting an improv group, and I said I'd like to be heavily involved with that. Like, so, and so we for for a year we kind of coached it together, but then I I took it over. Uh, last year I took it over completely, and so we just kind of meet every week and we do shows occasionally we do like we do shows in the library like we tried to do shows in the auditorium and it's so like it's such a like high school auditorium where it's like big and wide open and you know if there's like if, if 20 people come to your improv show that's that could be a really good show that could be a really like fun like 
But not, really but not in a giant, not but a like giant it's in a, Yeah, it's in a huge auditorium. So we like we went to the library and kind of like found our nook. And one thing I found, and this is like it's really encouraging, is that uh, everybody, uh, uh, most of the people who want to join are girls. Like which uh, which I think is awesome because uh, especially like given the in the high, in, in like in the high, at the high levels of improv how much sexism there is right the so, more girls uh, want to do improv I think the better it's like eighty like percent bearded it, testosterone raging men in flannel shirts and Chuck Taylors it, it, I would I would hope that it isn't <laughs> but yeah but like all the but, but there's a, like, <laughs> yeah I'm over exaggerating eighty percent yeah like it, it's it yeah, I don't want it to become that it's so, like which is why I'm glad that young women want to do it want want to do improv and, uh, like, I want to talk about it's, it's an inclusive atmosphere I want to talk about that for a second though mm-hmm. like I wonder if I wonder if uh, sorry guys I'm opening a beer mm-hmm. um. <laughs> <laughs> It's three in the afternoon. <laughs> You're not. They didn't. They didn't know that, Jim. They had no idea what time this. I'm was. playing honestly. We could have been at 10 p.m. When I recorded with Tim Timina, we recorded from like midnight to like four in the morning, Jeez. and we just drank. I, we were I, totally sober. For that. I remember that's another thing where I feel like an old man. I used to be. I, I used to be up until that, like that that era, like that time in the in the morning, just like. It probably wasn't really that late, but probably more like nine to two or something. I remember like going to like Providence Improv Fest and like okay, the last show's at midnight, and then there's the party. (laughs) It's here, like (sighs) yeah. Every every time with festivals, total digression. Every time with festivals, like I had that same thing of like, like you want to do everything, you want to take all the workshops, and you like think you have the energy to do it. Mm -hmm. So then you're gung ho for like the first two days, and then you end up having to like miss good stuff that's happening. Yeah, I know. Like, well, I used to, when I was a young man, I used to, like, I used to stay out till, like, 2 a.m. and then get up for, like, a 10 a.m. workshop. Uh, that's what I do for the first half of the festival. Yes, yeah. And then the second festival, I just miss everything I'm supposed to do. All oh, right, yeah. we can stop having an old man right, complain yes. about uh, I remember when about? I was a young oh, provider. So I wonder if the thing, because, so, all about teaching improv. Mm-hmm. And so when I talked to Tim Mahoney, like the, 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 the interview, yeah, I feel like I could make people who already want to improvise mm-hmm. better improvisers, like give them notes, help mm-hmm. them, help them improve. Yeah. But the idea of like, well, I'm not sure how to like convince people who are aren't already gung ho, like how to convince them to want to do imp- improv. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting with your saying of like how there's how it's so often girls or majority girls who sign up for this mm-hmm. high school high school yeah, yeah. Um, improv team. I really do wonder if that is the kind of, like, male-female maturity thing of, like, in order to be able to do improv, you have to, like, get over, you have to, like, get over so much caring about what other people think about you, or, like, yeah. not caring about what other people think about you, but essentially some variation on that, you know, like, you have to know that, like, the only way I can do, I have to go up and commit to what I'm doing, otherwise it's not going to be good, so I can't go up, like, sarcastically. Which yeah. I feel like is the stereotype of the like high school oh. boy oh, who, is just, is. who is like, I can't do anything seriously because if I commit to this, then you can judge me on it. And well, like the I, last and, thing and, I want girls too, like that's not like just that's not just. I mean, yeah, I get where you get, I get why that's a male thing, but it's also like it, it's a. It, it's I also guess I can only relate to it as a male thing. I certainly don't want to say that it's a gender based thing. It's just personally, like in each, I think each in their own way. That of course, like 
I think have that like self protective instinct. And yeah, it is. It does take a. It does take a bit to coach them out of it. I've got one student who, uh, well, like uh, they all kind of have their defense mechanisms that go. Yeah. Up. Like uh, I have one. I have one student who will not get off the back wall. Like if we're like if we're like he grabs the thing like it and leaves like out. like he's Louis like C.K. and he's like yeah face face first like he's yeah exactly <laughs> like but like he's at the uh, I don't know Niagara Falls and he's afraid to fall off like it's that sort of thing and I have to keep saying that like the wall's not gonna help you man like get in the scene <laughs> yeah I feel lucky in that way because uh, I was probably like that when I was a teenager in the sense of you know like ironic detachment in order. To not be judged, whatever oh, yeah. the stereotype. I think ever. I think that sort of certain. That is the have to have that to survive in high school. Yeah, but then I, I feel like I got lucky because before I started doing improv, I, I got super into improv before I started doing improv, but not super into like live improv and seeing improv. Mm-hmm. Like basically, it was like discovered Paul Tompkins, mm-hmm. and then that was right about the time where he was starting Spontaneous Nation. So I got super into that, and then I was like, oh, what else is like this? So I like, discovered Improv for Humans, and discovered mm-hmm. know, all the other improv podcasts, and then from like discovering Improv for Humans, discovered like UCB as a as a thing. So, so you then, discovered the podcast first, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, right, it's such a like weird, super, yeah. like I had seen Improv live before, but uh-huh. it wasn't like a oh my god, this is an amazing thing. It was like, oh, this is this is just one of the things. Sometimes yeah. I go see live music, sometimes I go see improv, sometimes blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then it wasn't until, like, I think it was basically I was going through a bad breakup, and I had nothing to do, but I'd just, like, sit by myself and listen to podcasts, or, like, just walk through the woods, ambling by myself, depressed, <laughs> and I would just listen to podcasts. Because I would just be like, I can't be in my own head. But that's no, like, that's but that's what I did too. Like the last time I went through uh, went through a breakup was like I went I, I was like I have to go out. I can't be alone with myself. Yep, right exactly. Now. I need input. I need something to be going through my head. So, so I would like, just go out and I would just, was like and I would just listen to to improv. And then eventually got to the point of transitioning from like improv improv mm-hmm. to improv to about improv so like yeah. obviously improv nerd is probably like the most popular so like yeah get into that at first mm-hmm. and then was like oh now the, and there's improv yak and there's add comedy and there's you know miles ross but like and you know all of the all of the different podcasts yeah so then like i had probably received a hundred to two hundred Hours of like improv education. So from a, from you, a, you downloaded into your head it, it, be, be, before I took my first improv class, uh-huh. which definitely had pros and cons because uh-huh. it definitely has lots of cons. Definitely has lots of cons of you coming in and being like, "But I heard this, but I think this." Oh yeah, which is like the worst thing to go into a class. Yeah, you never want to go into a like when you're in a class. It should be like what the teacher's telling you. Just buy that for now. But yeah, like, because if you took a, if you, like, if all you listened to was Matt Besser and then you went into a Dave Rosowski class, you would, like, right. you'd, be doing, all, you'd be doing all the wrong things for him. Like, right. Cause, Literally. Just because right. they're different, different all, like, all these rules are shit. They're diff- different schools. Like, like, the way, because I've taken classes with both and they're, they're very, di- come from different places. Yes, very different, exactly. But then, like, but one of the things that got, trained in my mind from listening to like so many people's personal experiences which is why I do the interviews at the beginning because mm-hmm. I do feel like the hearing the people's personal experiences 
Mm-hmm. He's like helpful, at least as an early improviser, in the sense of thinking. I don't know. I'll edit that part out. Um, <laughs> no, no, keep this in. This is raw. I like it. Um. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about like listening to how everyone else has has struggled with it, or how either how they struggled with it, or like what the breakthrough was to them that yeah. made that made them realize it. Like, you know, the realizing like, oh, as myself, I'm good enough. I don't yeah. need to be someone else. The fact that I am a unique individual is what makes me a valuable member of the team. Yeah. Or, or things There's, like that. Every, I think everybody has a certain, has, has a version of that story. Right. And so I think that everyone's, right, and which is why I try to do those intro things. Because yeah. everyone's version of that story could be valuable to someone else who has a similar. Let's see, because my, because my, or my origin story is the opposite of that. Because I just started doing it. And I didn't take my first class, I think, or even my first workshop until, like, I don't know, like, four years after I started. Because I was just in college, and, like, I, like, read some, I, I, like, I took an, I took an improvisation class as, you know, you know, as a college course, and I had read, like, a little bit of Keith Johnstone at that point, but mostly I just, I, I, I just picked it up on my feet, and it was just kind of, like, picking it up as I went along. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know, like, I... I don't know when the the two like I don't know when it converged. I don't know when like I started actually. I think it was just when I started long form that like and and realized that like oh I've only been doing short form and I know next to nothing about what I'm doing really. Like I know next to nothing about why improv works. Like <laughs> that 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 I started to pick up on it more conceptually. So yeah. I still have no idea how improv works. It, just yeah. Despite all my training and the fact that I constantly try to interview people to figure it out, to figure out well, the, it means it means something different to everybody. Like for like for me, improv, I couldn't do what I do for a living if I weren't trained in improv. Like uh, to some to some degree, like because that's basically well, like my wife will come to me and say, like, you're how do you teach? Like how do like you are you're afraid to call people on the phone? Like <laughs> which is true. Just like how do you get up in front of a classroom every day? Like. You're you're afraid you're like you're so shy you're afraid to talk to people you're afraid to call people on the phone like uh, like how do you do how do you get up on stage and do that and I I just say it's work like it's like I like get up on stage and kind of like kind of learn to just like kind of be yeah act, I, act like I'm living like <laughs> I hundred percent agree with you on stage but you're saying you carry that through to the classroom yes because because teaching is acting. I can't, that's the thing. It's really, like, I don't know, I think other people with more outgoing personalities, naturally outgoing personalities, also become teachers, and that's, and that just comes more naturally to them, like, I don't, I teach, I teach with a lot of bro dudes who are just, like, out there. I, like, can't, I, like, can't carry over anything from improv. Like, I, like, on stage, I 100% have that thing of, like, it clicks and you're on stage, Mm -hmm. and so, like, all of your social anxieties or like your introversion disappears because you're on stage and, uh-huh. and you know you know that the only way to do what you are attempting to do is to do certain things you know like to be a certain way mm-hmm. but I have like the total which is kind of what you're saying but you're saying that you still can do it in the classroom it's like I have the total inability to carry over any of those skills into my real life yeah. including teaching but see I have to like because I am such a, I'm such a socially like disabled person like <laughs> I, I can't like uh, with like I'm I, I'm like my actual personality is just so awkward to like 
to like to incredible degrees that like I like if I'm not if I'm not in performance mode I could I can't get through the day like <laughs> I get like talking to people but I like I have to like if I but if I'm up there it's seven or it's it's yeah seven forty five on a weekday and I'm like going going to teach like normal mode I'm just like this is, I'm exhausted I just don't want to do anything but like I have to just kind of like in there, okay, let's start. Like, it's, it's that, it, that's, that's how I learned to function, essentially. Like, like, if I didn't have that improv thing, like, I wouldn't be able to. And it's exhausting. I'm like, would, like, when, that must be, know, yeah, someone, that must be tough to you are like, doing an eight hour improv show every day. It, that's basically it. Well, like, I mean, I don't teach for eight hours straight, thankfully. Like, it's like, it's more like four. Uh, with count, counting my periods off and, uh, breaks where I can let them do independent work. Like, it's thankfully there's that but it is basically it is like acting it's it like so when people say like well you get the summers off you get the you know you get you know you get you're out you're out at 2 30 in the afternoon it, it's kind of like well when when you're an actor you're only performing for like two hours the rest of the time is like auditioning and rehearsing and practicing like so when you're teaching you're you're performing for those like whatever four to five hours every day and the rest of it is the uh, the counterpart like <laughs> I'd love to see I'd love to see someone try to use that argument in like a like a union like salary well, yeah, debate I'm just, like I'm just practicing to, to make these machines at home so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm an actor <laughs> you wouldn't say that to Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> I'm I'm at home methoding my teaching <laughs> when I'm fully I'm salaried so I don't have to argue that I'm working uh, that I'm on the clock. So it's not like <laughs> when, I, when I come home to my wife at night and make love to her, I, <laughs> she says, "Who are you? <laughs> Did you turn in your assignment, Tony?" Sir, this, <laughs> this is not appropriate for your review. For your review. <laughs> Uh, all right, where were we? So you uh, we were talking about making love. Um, <laughs> I, was talking, I was talking about making love to your wife. Yes. Um, so yeah, spinning off from that. Um, so teaching. Okay. Uh, here, to teach improv. Mm-hmm. Do bit players. Was there any? Is there anything left of that? Bio? There's uh, like I have done work with the CTC. We I'm not so closely involved anymore, but we. Uh, I was in uh, Wilbur Wilbur Neilbur with uh, with Neil Leahy. Hey, what's and, the deal with him? The deal the deal is I stopped having time for it, uh, and and I think they're still together. Like they still yeah. they're they're still an entity. It's uh, Neil and Christine and Tyler Brown and, right. uh, Kate, and Sales. Kate Sales and Steph Kelly. Steph and Kelly, um, yeah. Ian on them music sometimes. Yeah. Maybe. And it was originally it was originally just a trio. It was me, Neil, and Ryan Hardigan. Ryan, who is uh, the the most esteemed, uh, probably the most esteemed improviser I've ever worked closely with. He's like twenty, you know, twenty year veteran. Is you know from from New Zealand. He's a theater professor now in Seattle. So uh, there, somebody, somebody has talked the... about Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah we just him on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I just um, interviewed Chris last. We talked about and like he like. You know he's taught he's taught me a lot about improv and I've learned like learned a lot performing with him and we just uh, but basically whenever we communicate it's about the stupidest thing it's about like <laughs> like those beans or something like that like you'll see like on Facebook we just just like kind of troll each other over stupid shit but um 
that started as kind of a a short uh, like a short form show but morphed into a genre play uh, like a like a like a genre play show where we 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 did our uh our show was love possibly for a while which which we did an improvised romantic comedy which was a lot of fun and like my I think my first time doing long form genre stuff which I like if I had to do one type of improv forever I'd probably be that like long form genre yeah just because like it's fun like goofing around with the tropes and like all the characters and learning all learning all the stuff um, and you you know because you did the you did the murder mystery it's a yeah yeah who done it and then even like um, even Bravo is which is the the musical mm-hmm. still cool to think about it as a yeah uh, and, and I did the uh, I did slamming doors the improvised yeah, yeah, farce the first right. year around that was like that was incredibly fun I, I wished I could I wish I could have done it the second year I went like I want to do it again that was like the like because it, it was a it was a genre that I wasn't especially familiar with to begin. Right, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I still... Did you do the second season? Or... Uh, Slamming Doors, no. No. No, no, just, just, uh, Who Done It in Bravos. Yeah, I, I, and I saw that, that was a lot of fun, too. Um, but, uh, that, that was, like, just doing, doing a genre, because when you have a genre, you basically have preset audience expectations, and, like, getting to play with those is, like, kind of, is, is, is really a lot of fun. Yeah, and like to to like ever they have like you have your set characters, you have your like you have how the plot basically goes. You have like the the themes that that keep coming up, and that's uh, I, I like being able to toy around with like what 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 is implied by genres and what is like and what we can change, like what we can play completely to and what we can like go completely against. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about genres. Mm-hmm. So. So I feel like there's kind of like the two, there's like short form genre work, right, which might be like the story, story, die, or what do you guys call it? Um, story, story, die is like, it was what I know it by. <laughs> yeah. Um, versus, you know, like then there's obviously a full, you know, a, a long form, yeah. full length improvised farce or full length improvised murder mystery or something. And the difference is kind of like what is, is what the basic difference is between short form and long form. Yeah, it's like, right. It's a little short form. It's that like you have five lines to get to this. Like, you, <laughs> right. Whereas long form, it's like, hey, get to know these characters, get take your time, like live in their shoes for a little bit, and and, and that's it. Okay. Um, Thanks. And end the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, good. Just. Well, you've cleared it up. Sick of that shit. Like, <laughs> cleared it up, Jim. You're right. It's just the same between. Um, uh-huh. All right, cool. Let's talk about. Uh, well, let's let's focus on short form mm-hmm. first, just because that will be a, the jumping off point. Yeah, yeah. Room. So, what type of uh, do you guys do? Like, is it is it pejorative to say it's pretty who's lining? Or is that... Or I would... No, it's not, I definitely don't think it's pejorative. I, I, and, I, and I don't like when people use it as... Use that. Like, because I... For, for, for a while, like, kind of... I, I walked around in those circles of, of long form. And I think it, there are a lot of people who get the wrong message from long form. Like, or, or who hey, take the wrong thing from it. And kind of say, like, oh, that's just short form. That's just jokey. That's just, like, that's easy. You can, anybody can do that. And who kind of, and they're the same kind of people who tend to take pride in as little audience interaction as possible. 
I think those are people who look at what I think those are people who look at what Dave Rosowski teaches and kind of take it the wrong way. Because like, like I heard Rosowski on your show saying like, you know, you don't need you don't need to get a suggestion from the audience. They're there from like they're there for an improv show. They know what like they they, they know what's improv. Like they know what they they know like they know you, you don't have to prove to them that it's made up on the spot. Right, it just is like you're not you're not doing the show for any other reason. Right, yeah, yeah. The point of the suggestion, <laughs> right. If you're getting it for inspiration, that's one thing. But if you don't need inspiration, you don't need to prove to them right, exactly. that you're like... But I think, like, there's some validity to saying, like, we want to share this with the audience. We want, or, or we want to put a little more in the audience's hands than is, than, you know, than others might. Like, uh, there's some, I think, so I think, like, as long as short form is, is shared with the audience, as long as, as long as you're not just, like, I don't know what the, I don't know what to say, as, as, I, I would say... As long as it's kind of, the short form should be, I think, just long form with structure and with like more, more cons- more constant checking in. Like I think that's kind of that's kind of what it is. But I think a lot of people, a lot, a lot of a lot of the long form cultists read that as like gagging, more gagging, more joking, more like and, well, it's, and, it's... More, and more leaning on the audience as a crutch. Well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that last thing of yeah. leaning on the audience more for the crutch. Uh-huh. I think the gagging and joking is true, but I don't think that I don't think that that is is uh, is bad mm. in the sense of like the whole. Oh, okay. Of course, you're doing long form. You're doing long form if you're doing it from a from a Chicago as opposed to a Johnsonian tradition. Yeah, then you're yeah. doing it to be funny. Like yeah. you're doing it to make comedy. Yeah. Yes, if you're doing Johnsonian improv, you're doing it to be more of a storyteller or something. Yeah, Let's, but like no, I mean yeah. The, at the end, but I mean like, well, what's funny? What's funny is what's honest. I think, and like what like what people like in a what lo- people laugh at tends to be what's kind of in a true. in a longer form sense. Yeah, but like the reason that they say don't be funny and don't make jokes and everything in a in a Chicago long form, you know, mm-hmm. like a UCB or an IO. Yeah, thing is because it's going to undermine something that happens later. Well, yeah, that's like, what I define gagging as. Like, is like just going for this quick gag, but. Undercutting, what but undercutting what happens later. Yeah, like like kind of cutting off something better that might happen. So of course, if you're doing if you're doing uh, an improvised play, so mm-hmm. say say we're doing genre, say we're doing yeah. a farce, whatever, yeah. and and we're doing you and I have to go out and do a ninety minute farce, then like yeah. you saying some stupid line about me that makes no sense but is hilarious just to get a gag five minutes in. It's like oh well now like what well, how are we gonna fucking reconcile? Yeah. This ridiculous thing. Unless that's unless that's a trope of the genre. Unless it's a trope. Unless like, it's a trope. Which, of the if genre. you're doing a farce, like if if I just come up with some maybe really, a farce was not really awful double entendre that fits right in. <laughs> a farce <laughs> might have not been. The and best we did example. we did that a lot. <laughs> a farce might not have been the best example of saying something farcical, um, being detrimental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but whereas in short form, like you don't, you're never recalling the scenes uh, yeah. typically. You know, so like. So, like, the rule of not making jokes or not saying absurd things, uh, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but, like, comes from the fact that you, that you're going to have to do second beats and and third beats of those things. So, you don't, in short form, you don't have that requirement, so you don't have to have that rule. Yeah. So, it's not exactly, like... Like, that rule is in place for a reason, so breaking that rule is not, like, breaking the art. It's just, like, we don't have a reason to follow this stupid rule that you've made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's that. So, like, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you can still... 
uh, like gag a gag can still kind of undercut what's good about the like what 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 what's really funny about the scene in the and it can be really self-serving but yeah like i uh, and and i think what's the one thing that's harder about short form uh than than long form is is you kind of what you just said like you're kind of required to do that in a shorter scene you kind of you have to get to what's funny right exactly in maybe five or six lines and that's kind of that and and you also like while you know, like I said, long form, you might be able to like live live in the characters a little bit. Your first line of a short form scene has to be, "Who are we? Where are we? Like, what what's the point? Like, what? Why are we doing this? Like, which is kind of which which is what's tougher, I, I think. So, like when like when the when people dismiss short form, uh, I mean, I love whose line. Like that's a, that's yeah. that's the thing. I love I love whose line. It's like it, it's it, it's it's improv improv strictly as it works on TV. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Uh, it's tough to make play, like a, like a, unless you do it the way they do it. Um, but it. it's, I gotta pay. It's, right. Keep talking. Keep right. talking. But it's uh, it, it's tougher to do it that way sometimes. Like I, I think the like we're in long form, you have a lot of breathing room, and even when you do in genre long form, like it's kind of you get you get to you get to relax a little bit and figure things out. Whereas like if short form, if I don't figure this out in three lines, the audience is gonna lose interest. And I kind of like playing with that intensity a little bit, uh, like which is why one of the reasons why I keep going back to short form and like why, why I'll never I'll never stop doing it. I, I like that on the spot, like let's do this right right here and right now. This pee break is brought to you by Twenty First Amendment Brewery, particularly the Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer brewed with watermelon. For those who don't actually like the taste of beer but love the taste of fruit, this is the one for you. Twenty First Amendment Brewery. It's a seasonal release, so it's a pretty, uh, pretty ideal summer beer. This picture of the Statue of Liberty on here, so this I'm is appropriate. Put, it's appropriate to the current times. I'm just gonna put that as the, uh, <laughs> as like the cold open. It's just gonna be like, like we are sponsored by Alright Watermelon, and then it'd be like. <laughs> you, it's gonna be you. Uh, our, thanks to our new advertiser, Twenty First Amendment. Get some money from them first. See if you can do it. Like float that to them. Like <laughs> see if they'll be a, they'll, they'll actually after the fact. Well, I think I need like a fake commercial to start it off. Like like here's here's how your ads here's how your ads would sound. Clearly, this is how good they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> Exactly. That doesn't extend. I say ask for a paycheck after the fact. Exactly. Don't ask for a pay. Ask for a paycheck after. Yeah. Don't demand. Don't demand payment before you do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, Demand paycheck. Just do the the work and then ask for it. That they haven't asked you to do. (laughs) We don't want to jump right into genre. Right. Uh, We can jump right into genre. Like. All right. Let's 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 start. Yeah. Let's start with the short form genre stuff. So. So, what are some of your favorite short form genre games? Uh, I like remake. Uh, What's remake? That's where you do you do a full scene, and you remake it twice, like each in a different genre. Yeah, because I, I like that because it gives it's I, I like the because the other genre the other like you know switching genre game is genre roller coaster, which is in the middle of a scene in you the have middle to switch of a genres, scene. which well, is I mean, which is fun too, but it, a lot harder to do because it's like it's. Um, you have to kind of switch gears in the middle of yeah. the scene, and that can involve like that can involve like if, if, if I don't know that can be sacrificing the scene in the name of like doing a genre trope. But I like kind of reforming scenes in different 
in different genres. Do you uh, think so. remake? Do you think it works? Is so there's kind of two ways you could view it mm-hmm. as as either like a uh, kind of a training exercise or like as a sense of you've done a scene, you have a scene, and now you're going to do it as a genre. So it makes you think about about the pieces of the genre and how things translate mm-hmm. from a from a a regular reality to an alternate reality in the sense of you know whether it's sci-fi or wild west or something like, do you think that do you think that the thing is fun that's funny about it is the comparison between oh this is how it was normally and now we're doing the genre versus if you just went into if if you did that first scene just as the genre See, I don't think it would be as funny. Like, I think yeah. I think you kind of have to do it, like, the control group first. Like, I think it's kind of cool to see. The see control it makes like, the treatment yeah, funnier. Because I, yeah, I think it's fun to just do a, a normal scene, like, a normal arc, and then to just add those tropes in, because I think the audience can kind of recognize how that affects, uh, how that affects what happens in the scene and how, like, you know, like, how, like, what, how it's shaped to it. I think I, I think I do I I don't think I don't think it would work because the if you got a genre first I think you would just do like let's say your genre is western I think if you did a if you first scene was western that would just be a western scene like yeah and I think unless you did like the Dave Rosowski thing of like okay we'll take it somewhere else like do do a like use right. the reinterpret like, reinterpret reinterpret yeah. but I think if you're gonna do that you might as well just do it. Like open scene, because I think I don't. I, I think it's much. I think it's much more re- rewarding to see just like a regular regular scene played through these different lenses, rather than to see a scene that's like already through a certain lens and then translated to another one. Because I feel like it's hard. It's really hard to. I don't know if I've ever done it before. It's really hard to stack a genre on top of another one. <laughs> Yeah, the only obvious one that comes to mind is a you know sci-fi western. Good then. Well, it's, yeah, then space, it's like, we- space western. Uh, space Star, western. Star Wars is a space western. Or yeah, like Firefly. But, but I would say that kind of both of those kind of are more westerns than they are sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, there's not a lot of. That's like, the easy. Yeah, that's the easy obvious one. But yeah. Other than that. But yeah, like even but even those like still lean more more to one than the other. Like it's it's tough to it's tough to view one. Like yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 western plot and trope, but with sci-fi vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are some of the what are some of the other good short form genre games that, that um, you feel are successful? I like Remote Control. That's. Uh, where that that's the kind of story game. It's kind of like a it's kind of a story styles type game, but like where the conductor keeps four players, switching. Yeah. four players in a line on the front of the stage. Yeah, and the conductor switches back and forth, but like all the chan- like you essentially get four channels. For the so TV it's like Stephen King, Jane Austen. Well, that's that's story styles, but like it's kind of oh, no, like okay. they're, they're okay. similar. So like story styles, is is you, get, you get styles like. Well, with with story styles, you get like st- you can get the style of an author, you can get the style of a movie, you can get the style of a uh, I don't know, like a, a, a like a TV show or a TV channel or anything like that. And you have and 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 it's and and the conductor moves back and forth, and they have to tell the same story. Oh, and you're yeah, yeah, you're telling a continuous so. uh, remote control. It's four channels. All four channels are on the same subject, but they're all separate. Like okay, so you don't have to pick up. You don't have to pick up where the last line was. No, you just pick, but but like you might pick up on uh, you you might pick up like on your channel, but later on, and then it's kind of like 
it's also playing with time a little bit and like kind of kind of in the same way you might do like in a herald where you go come back to the same beat and it's much later like so you're, uh, you have a time dash built in yeah yeah uh, so like one channel is like oh this is you know what's what's your subject your subject is i don't know chickens uh, and it's like uh, Fox News. And it's like oh, this, this chickens are coming into our country and they're laying their eggs over the border. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. Like, That's exactly what I would have thought it would. Be. Yeah, and then, or and then it's uh, like the other channel. Then it's, then it's Rachel yes. Maddow, and she's like, yeah, was, "They put these chickens in cages. They're, <laughs> they're locking them away." <laughs> I had a chicken as a pet. It was a good pet. It's a good Rachel Maddow impression. <laughs> I don't I'm even Rachel Maddow. Welcome to the thing is, I've never even watched her. <laughs> just By looking it. at her, that's how you think she talks. Apparently, like, what other people have you only seen and not heard that, <laughs> that you can assume? That, like, Lots of people. <laughs> it's like that. Well, Facebook these days, you see so many videos, but you don't hear. I know the you audio. see the subtitles. It's like, yeah, it's like I know what Rachel Maddow. <laughs> <laughs> but not very well. But yeah, no, that's to say, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't know I would like. I just happened upon chickens. I didn't know know that that would be so appropriate to what. The, like, very um, topical. Uh, it's a good metaphor. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, but switch over to like uh, ESPN and it'd be like, uh, uh, chicken, the chicken run is coming to the like. I don't know. Like it's just like whatever the whatever the channel happens to be in how shape it how how you how that channel we got the new chicken pitcher down here in uh Florida <laughs> we're we're wonderful improvisers like, this horrible right now this is terrible <laughs> we are drinking at three in the afternoon okay so we got um so so you're saying story. What are the names of these things? Like story styles, where so story like, styles is, where... is continuous, and, and I point to another person. They finish. They yeah, literally they... have to use the last word that the other person was saying and continue that sentence. In theory, depending on yeah, depending on like usually if if it's if it's genre based, usually we will um, just let the person finish their sentence and have the, have the next person pick up. Like like it's not it's it's not a like uh, it's not a torture game. Yeah, like, but in theory, like, it's a continuation. There's, there's, there's the story, story guy, which is like, which is not genre based, where like we will go like, yeah, uh, pointing to like whoever's being pointed to has. Once to upon a time, there was a frog, and he went to the store and bought a condom. This is awesome. <laughs> this is great. This is, we are we are two people who have been in the audience of every improv show that I've ever been. This is our show. <laughs> Right, Condom. <laughs> proctologist. <laughs> and he bought a proctologist. Um, alright. Hooker. <laughs> um, Versus the other one that you were saying, which, which is, is like, the time dash. What was the name of that one? Uh, remote control. Okay, that's, cool. Yeah, that's that's all like TV TV channel. Like if you, as if you were switching back and forth between channels, and like while you're on the other channel, the other this channel is still going on theoretically. So by the time you come back to it, like time has passed, and like that's. Uh, or a different show has started, maybe. Any others? Any other? Uh, um, so others like well, we do director, which can be like, which is it's basically like remake, but in a like in a different format. Like we're rehearsing a we're rehearsing a play, and the director is gonna like give us directions on how we can modify, it. and so that that can be like we'll do a scene, the director will come in, and that's not working for me. Like uh, try it again as uh, sci- more sci-fi this time, more sci-fi, and cool. like and that opens it up to like more individualized, like, 
uh, ways to change it. It's like you you need to be more sad. Like you go to one person, you need to be more you, you need to be more sad. You need to be more angry, and you need to be more happy. Like so, like so, you can play it like as a like you can play it with emotion as well as genre. Or that's cool. It's kind of got that's got that meta aspect. Yeah. Or or it'll just come in, like the director will come in and say like you know I need a little bit more Nicolas Cage from you like. <laughs> Like I need, you to emulate, I need you to emulate the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, <laughs> uh, so that's that's another thing. It's 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 pretty similar to remake, but with different ingredients. <laughs> like, yeah, I like that one. I feel like mm-hmm. that could even kind of work because it's so meta. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost starts transitioning into long form because mm-hmm. you could do that as a. You could almost do that as a group game in a Herald, or you could almost yeah. like the idea that like because you're not you're not. You know, it's just a person being like, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing this, you know, I'm a director and we're doing a scene that is a filming of something. Yeah. So, like, I need you to do more of this. Mm-hmm. Well, so, before we get into that, how do you, how do you, like, do you personally prepare, I don't know exactly where this question is, but, like, are genres, do you think of genre as something that, like, you know a lot about that genre and there are specific genres that you naturally know a lot about like oh yeah definitely <laughs> like uh well, versus 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 like uh studying to learn a genre for instance like do you uh-huh. ever find yourself being like oh i guess i should i guess i should watch con with the wind because you want to do like because in case i want to do a pro, pro slavery in case i want to be a racist yeah in case i want to in case i want to be wistful for the times where slavery was um <laughs> or you yeah, know what, yes, yes you know yeah, what i mean epic it will that's epic that is what that genre is like is uh or romance you like, need to edit that kinda, it's, it's, <laughs> well it's your podcast so you decide like, um <laughs> but um the uh, yes, well, like it's kind of. I mean, there are genres that I know very well. Like, like I could do you. I could do a scene. Like, a, I could. Do, I could do a horror scene easily. Yeah. Like, but when we did slamming doors, like you know, it was we were very, very right. So like, slamming doors is a. It's a French farce. French or English. French. Because like, yeah, we. <laughs> so did, it's not even a genre. It's, well, yeah, they're two. They're, they're, they're essentially two genres. And then the um, audience... Although English was heavily borrowed from the French, and I've read like a, I've read a lot of like early English farces, and they're so like, you did study it, yes, yeah, and they're so like basically. So this is my this is my grad student mind coming in because basically, Perfect. I love it. Basically, when at the end of the Dark Ages, when the when the Restoration happened, drama in England had been banned for a long time, so. When people started writing plays again, they were terrible, and they were basically, <laughs> they, and they were basically all, all the ideas were borrowed from the French, and the French had kind of done, had kind of done this farce thing, had kind of, or, or like, had, had done this like comedy of manners thing for for a while beforehand, and the English kind of took it and did their version of it, kind of, which is like, which is weird. It, 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 it's, it's weird in an English sort of way. I don't know what to put it. So right, a lot, yeah, a lot of the, so a lot, when the English farce took off, like it was very, it was very French inspired. <laughs> so they're not that different. Yeah, uh, but like it, we when we did Slamming Doors, like uh, we were very closely coached by Chris Simpson and by and by Dane, you know, uh, you know Dane. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love Dane. Um, 
they were they were kind of our co-directors and we like at the beginning we had like we had to i think he said pick a far like pick a farce to bring in like and discuss like read read and discuss and we also said read a flea in her ear yeah uh, which is uh which is fado which is like the kind of quintessential farce which the ctc had done the year before and yeah and the, and so we spent the uh, the first few rehearsals just kind of discussing what the common threads are what are the tropes what characters tend to show up like what is it usually about what are the themes what's what is the what is usually the drive of the plot it's usually in a farce it's usually some sort of like avoiding embarrassment in some way like i can't i can't let my wife find out this or i can't let the i can't let the people find this out or like i'm a i'm a woman of high status and if people find out this i'm going to be ruined like it's it's all about preventing embarrassment in that way so like they all kind of like a, a lot of a lot of like pieces of certain genre have a have the same thing that drives the story. So, right, of course. So, that's so it's picking point. up on that, and they have the same kind of stock characters, like the buffoonish husband, or like the the sexy maid, or the uh, uh, like the um, I don't know the 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 promiscuous sister, or like or whoever he happens to come up, and we would like and and kind of in our uh, in in our sort of like, discussions backstage at like at intermission, or we would like write stuff down on the walls and say like who's gonna be what character and like what what role is this person gonna play and like we'd play that out on stage. So you guys did slamming doors. I was the first one, mm-hmm. and then we did who done it, mm-hmm. which is like the second one. So I wonder if like when you guys did that makes no sense to the audience. The, the, the first improvised long-form play at the Contemporary Theater Company, and then Who Done It was the second yeah. improvised long-form yeah. uh, play at the Contemporary Theater Company. So did you guys do that as, like, a circle thing? Like, you would go around and, and like, you know, you might be like, the buffoonish husband, and then the See, next no, we person... Yeah, no, because no, we didn't do that. Like, did, like... You're saying, did we set our characters like explicitly at the beginning of? No, I don't even. I don't even. No, sorry, I don't even mean at the uh, within a show. Uh-huh. I mean like when you're training, when you're training for the. Uh oh. Because like, because when we did a lot of the training for Who Done It, we would do like genre circles. Yes, we did do that. Okay, yeah, we did. That, we did a lot where question. we would all kind of go around and say like, either say like character tropes or character names. We do character names, which because we one of the things we discovered early on <laughs> that was that every character became Pierre or Henry, like <laughs> which was <laughs> we, like which if we didn't keep really close track on who was named what in, in you had like three play, there would be three Pierres, three Henrys. <laughs> so we had to we did work like yeah like even something as simple as names like we'd go around and say like. Um, uh, you know, yes, I'm Pierre, I'm Henri, uh, you know, I'm Cosette, I'm Colette, I'm, you know, like, like... Yeah, well, I guess when you're working with, um, other, uh, I guess when you're working with, uh, non-English names, yeah. whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, that becomes a, a much bigger, a much bigger thing, where you just rely on the most stereotypical... Yeah, but we did it with English, too. Like, what's a Charles, like, you know, what is, what, what would it, what would the characters in an English play be named? Be named Charles, Victoria, you know, Frederick, like, what, you know, like, 
Yeah, it's interesting because when we did Houdana, we ended up uh, settling on like the specific characters. Mm-hmm. Each character had their, each actor had their specific character name. Yeah, you you already knew you were going to be Kermit Claiborne in every yeah. play, right? <laughs> Kermit, Senator Kermit Claiborne. Uh, which which was... is, I think that works for murder mystery. Because yeah. I feel like that plays on, because any time you go see, like, dinner theater or something like that, it's always the same, like, oh, I never, person. Like, it's like, I, I like I like the idea of, <laughs> see, that's good, because it's a justification. Yeah. It's like a justification of, like, no, it's super meta. We're so meta, we're playing on the trope <laughs> of dinner theater. But no, that's, like, don't sell yourself short in that, because I think that's actually, that, that actually does work. Because, short, guys. Yes, yes. Uh, because if you look at, like, the mouse trap, or if you look at the mouse trap or any other, like, they all, they are, they're all, oh, they all are kind of those characters, so, like, why, yeah. you know, why wouldn't you set them at the beginning? And, like, you look at a, look at a board game of Clue, it's always the same characters every everyone like it's the same it's brilliant it's the same collection what a brilliant like, justification yeah. for April. <laughs> so like but see but I, I didn't think of it as a justification I thought of it as like maybe that's what you were thinking to begin with but okay no, like, it's, <laughs> no I like the fact that you you're one step ahead of us right. um but yeah like yeah we definitely we did a lot of just that raw stuff like and going going around the circle and saying well what's what are some place names what are some like what what could the name of the mansion be? Where what are the towns that this could be in? What are the cities like? Uh, even if they're made up, like it could be like Nice or Champagne or uh, or like I don't know what would a made up one be Le Fleur de la Fleur de la Mer like <laughs> like right. Le Fleur de Blanc. things things that sound like things. It's a big like it, 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 <laughs> but if it, if it sounds like the French mansion, then it is like <laughs> yeah. Big thing, obviously, in genre, and yeah, like like when we when we would do the circles and like have the uh, like the we we would we would have like character names and like and and also their like titles as well. Like you know, I'm the husband. I'm the you know, I'm the rich uh, the, the rich politician. I, I'm the rich politician's wife, or I'm the I'm the uh, the the butler. Like uh, I'm the you know, I'm the butler who's always getting it on with the maid. Like uh, and. Figuring out who fit those roles, like most uh, most closely, was one of the fun, one of the most fun things about doing that. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, like you know, that. different actors can kind of play. Cause, yeah, well, you all because you played the same yeah, characters yeah, yeah, every exactly. night. But like different, like we had even you know playing around with gender too, because we had uh, like uh, we we all kind of had to stay, we all kind of had to stay stick to our gender except. With Tarantino and Ashley, and Ashley Mahalo, Mahalo, they yeah, could switch back and forth, and like it was like we had one of one of my one of one of one of my favorite ones that I could uh, kind of the only one that I remember really vividly is the uh, one where Wit played uh, Queen Victoria. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it was a very pretty woman. I'll have to give him that. Oh uh-huh. well, yeah, um, <laughs> and it was uh, yeah, it was uh, and I and, like I was a duke, and Val, his mom, was. Uh, was a woman who kept posing the as act- Queen Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, the actress, the actress is his mom. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, the actor, the yeah, the actor's mom. Um, the she she played a woman who was posing as Queen Victoria in order to sleep with this French uh, uh, this so French count who was kind of, who who was coming to visit the palace. Like it was, it was a it was a really fun show to do and really. I remember and, I saw that one. And it was fun, like it 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 was fun because some like what separates it 
from a lot of other long form and definitely from short form is that you get to play around with plot a lot and that's part of the that that's part of it too because most like most scenes most most long form shows and definitely and, and all short form you don't want to mess around with plot like it's just kind of yeah. like get to the get to the point get to what's funny about this scene or like if it's a long form scene like we want to get to the relationship or like what is what is the tension between these two like what is the uh what what's uh what's the heart of this like what's why are we watching this moment whereas like if you're doing like a full length it improvised full length like you get to kind of that's one extra trope that you get to yeah play let's with. let's talk about that uh-huh. let's let's go on to that idea of <clears throat> by the classical definitions of improv you have your short form and your long form uh-huh. and like Let's use the let's let's stereotype this the most mm-hmm. possible. Short form whose line is in any way long form Harold, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Let's just say that those are the two. But then like, but the, but but then you have these things like full length improvised plays or even TJ and Dave, which mm-hmm. go on and do a ninety minute no edits, no improv conventions, mm-hmm. no suggestion from the audience. Yeah. They just go up and they just do a ninety minute uh-huh. improvised. It's a one act. It, it's one act because there's no intermission, but it's still not like you know mm-hmm. between seventy five and, and ninety minutes. Yeah. And so I was like, think it's interesting because when you say you bought a book that was like improvising long form improv, it would be about montage. It would be about Harold. Yeah. It would be about long form forms. Mm-hmm. It would include edits. It would include openings, mm-hmm. and all of those things. That are very different from a from a one act play, right? Yeah. Which is which is what we've been talking about in, in yeah. terms of either slamming doors or who done it or yeah. any of these other things. And so, like, I, I always like think about that as as like I don't know, like a a struggle of the the vocabulary. That's not the right word. Like, it's weird how they like refer to things. So, like, I feel like from the UCB perspective, there's long form, and long form has to be a herald. And so, if you went up and did. Uh-huh a full improvised play like in their opinion that isn't long form because you're yeah. not because you're not doing wipes you're not doing tag outs you're not doing I all these things I suppose not by that definition yeah right right like they've, the, they've created the, they've the... created this definition they've created the definition of long form which means a 45 minute structure based on tag outs and wipes but then yeah. someone goes out and does a 90 minute structure without long forms and wipes and yet that doesn't fall into the definition and I think the UC- of, of what yeah, I don't know Chicago it's not even UCB it's like because of course TJ and Dave are the exception but like what you would think of as Chicago improv mm-hmm. yeah, long dish. form um, yeah uh, but like and, and and UCB's thesis is kind of like uh, it, it's kind of like what I just said. Like the you're doing a long form scene, you know, find the find the funny, like find the reason that we're doing this scene. Like for first of all, like fi- like uh, get to what it, get to what that get to get to what's special about like witnessing this moment, essentially. Um, whereas uh, a full length like that is about is more about well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It depends. I guess. It's, I guess it depends what kind of full length. Because like a full length, like slamming doors, is about making a is about emulating a you know a, a, a kind of uh, the, the, a type of story that's you know that that's been that's commonly told and doing it from beginning to end. Well, let's still get to the uh, point, and this is the like the point is that we're 
teasing and poking at yeah, at, yeah, a, yeah. at a genre. Yeah, and like even that, I think the long form. I think I, know, I think the long form rules kind of still apply because each scene has its purpose. Each scene has its like each, like if you're doing like there's a structure to uh, to whatever genre you're doing like. In a farce, like his, the first scene is like, "Hey, who are these people? Like, who are these people? Where are we? Like, what's, what, what is their, what is their, what are their separate I wants, and how are they going to collide?" Like, yeah, I guess what I was just thinking is interesting is how like the word long form has been so adopted, or adopted isn't the right word. What's the word? Uh, well, uh, it's it just what's that word for when people steal other people's culture? Co-opted. No, but what's the other one? Appropriated. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it's been so appropriated for, like, for montage. Yeah. Like, how can you, like, how can you act as if well, something... Well, short form has been appropriated for, like, who's line type stuff. Which right. Is, but short form also applies to, like, Keith Johnstone style, like, you know, it, it might, it may not be, like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be short form, it doesn't have to be, like, quick and gamey and, uh, and jokey. It can it, it can just be like maestro, like stru- right, 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 structured and like and um with yeah, co- with with frequent communication with the audience. And but I don't know that those are as different. Like I, I totally understand. Oh, yeah. well, I totally, long, long form is by definition more open. I think. Like, yeah, 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 I totally know what you mean. That like whose line is like our whole point is to be funny, 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 funny. Well, the like, line is like TV. Like, let's make this for TV because because watching even watching short like if you watched a bit player show on TV, like wait because because like, whose lines anyway? They record two hours and they edit it to forty minutes exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's like let's give you one the one third, uh, the, yeah yeah that's why the, the top out of three funniest things yeah like, and, and watching improv on TV is just still it's still just like so well like. It's so different because, like, it, 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 I think one of the big things about doing it live is that it's about, about watching it live is that you're sharing this experience like once and this is that and that's it. And I think that's why, like, that, that I think that's why you go to improv. Like, I don't. Oh, on TV, it has to be a certain kind of improv to come through. Like, <laughs> I think yeah. whose line it works that way. That way, yeah, but there's so line... much, there's so much more that you can do with it that it's not like that. That that is. To to which like it, which is much more much more enjoyable like shared but shared in this moment because I think back to like some great short form sets that I've seen and like if I were to watch them it wouldn't be the same like wouldn't be the same if I were to watch them like with a screen separating me it wouldn't be the same yeah like, yeah that's also another thing that I like to think about a lot of the time especially where it's like whereas it seems like I don't want to totally go off on this tangent but like. It's, it seems like sometimes podcasts are able to... It's like a question that I constantly have of, like, how how are podcasts in this intermediary of, like... Like, watching an ass cat on, on YouTube is never that... It's never very funny, mm-hmm. right? Like, it is, it is. Of course, of course it's funny, but it is nothing. It's nothing like if you were there, yeah. right? Yeah. But yet, like, improv for humans is maybe, like, kind of high this halfway blend. I think podcasts actually, like, are more amenable to that. Yeah, to, that's... To, like, like, I agree, but then my question to... is, like, why is that the case? I don't know. Like, I don't I don't know if it's... Because, like, something like Spontaneation... I don't... I think, oddly, like, I think... I don't know if a short-form podcast would work. I think long-form does. Yeah. So it's, like... Because I think if you look... Something like Spontaneation... 
it's pretty clear that they are doing that on the spot and it is very spontaneous like there and that the music is improvised along with it and that they have like the thing with the buttons that like does the wipes for them <laughs> and they're doing like and you can tell from the way they perform it that it's unedited and it's like done on the spot and uh, and I think that does that does a lot like you can bet I think it's somehow more intimate which is than... interesting because they do because they do narrative they don't do montage they don't do like the the Chicago definition of long form yeah which is then there's almost well, kind I think of it kind of works better than that. like I, I, right, I've only listened is... to Improv for Humans a few times and I didn't like I, I, I didn't kind of I didn't like it that much like <laughs> which is then like yeah. I don't know. Then very interesting in the sense of like, you wouldn't think, I don't know, like, is it the case that long form narrative is more media, quote unquote media, translatable, like, yeah, tra- yeah like translatable. I don't know. Again, so like going back to what we were saying way way earlier uh-huh. before the even beginning of this conversation of, of like the idea of like how you portray improv to the audience uh-huh. if it's a listening audience instead of a, a present audience is you know so then the other thing of like I was saying of, of how I got into improv through mm-hmm. like through podcasting and all that uh-huh. stuff it's also so different because none of the none of the podcasts depend on object work environment work hmm any of those things, which was like another, just, another, just kind of another thing I like struggled. That's with. another thing that like is really fun to do, like in, in like which I haven't done in a while. Like, the bits I haven't done in a while. Like there, there we, we we would occasionally do radio play, which is just turn the lights out and just do an audio scene. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fun. Which is fun. And like I've actually saw a group. I saw a group in Philadelphia. I forgot the name, of, but but they turned the lights out and just did. Just yeah. did a radio show. Like just did, I mean, just did audio scenes. Like they didn't do. It wasn't in the genre of like a radio play. It was just like they would do. Oh, that's interesting that they also, but that they didn't do the genre. Yeah, no, they just they just did audio scenes. It was just like a regular a regular set, but only sound. And I think that that would be really fun to do. Yeah, because I've seen a few recently. They did one recently at Pig that was like, but they purposely did. So like the, the 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 form the bat is a is a herald, but it's in the it's in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just a you know a herald that you can't see anything. So then, kind of borders on borders on improper humans almost. Mm-hmm. Even though improper humans is doing an Armando ass cap, but um, yeah, it's I don't know. I was I was wonder sometimes if I'd be better at that. If I'd be better if I like didn't have to worry about any of the physical environment. I think it would be. I think it's possible. I think it would be tough to like. I think it would be tough, tough to shake that. Like it, it'd be, it, it'd, it'd be tough to like divorce yourself of that of of of, of having, having to do object con- work. Yeah, of of having the visual. See, I, see, because I started with buckets, I have the exact opposite. Yeah, maybe you might like that. Might give you like the the kind of daredevil esque. <laughs> I learned all of my improv literally through like. Through through voice through yeah sound. through Paula Dubkin so that might give you like that that might give you the advantage 
<laughs> Number three. The, the way I talk is a little fragmented. Like, oh, I, meant, all, be, I meant because of the, all the peeing breaks. Not no, that too. Like, <laughs> is this the most peeing that's ever been done on this podcast? <laughs> well, I think there's... I think three pee breaks is probably the best. Um, but we did, like... I've just been... I don't know. I've been a lot. Uh, <laughs> let's do a genre scene. Okay. Let's do it. What's a genre? Sci-fi! Oh! Thank you, audience. Sci-fi. So we're just going to do a scene? Like, once, once a week? Alright. Alright, sure. Why not? General Warren, that radius blasters are in place. Good. Keep them in place for now. Not ready to attack. Are you sure they're they're pointing their ion cannons right at our bow? It's really tough to make a call. I've lived my whole life under this uh, under this cold war we've got going on. I I, I just don't want to be the one that goes down in history and is making the first move. Well, if the if the uploads attack us before we before we're able to find a, a proper defense, I'm afraid that afraid we may be the last human civilization to survive. You know, I voted for it. I voted for. I know you human. voted for it, and I know I voted against it. And you're my commanding officer, and and I don't. I know this isn't the time to bring up the fact that I think you made a huge. I think you made it. I'm well aware that I made them. I'm well. I'm, I'm well aware. My for... child died. He. You said he would be protected from the infection. You said. You said. The up. The. You said Fort Bragg would be safe. We tried to upload his personality. He it, was... didn't, it didn't take. It, he... Had too much personality. He he's We weren't we weren't ready for someone as charismatic as he was. My son was so charismatic, he was going to be the next I know. Stephen Colbert! And you took, knew it! You knew it! You were jealous! Corporal, Corporal, you were the one who signed him up for those groundlings classes. It's your fault. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! I said, you see me? No. I said, I don't know. I said, second said no! I said, groundlings! I'm, he is a character! Corporal, he Corporal, is a Corporal. character! Corporal, I'm very... I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want, I want to take some out of I, I apologize. I, I voted for the bill that made the uploads... Sentient. I voted for the bill that gave them independence and gave them you, individuality. Why would you give them sentient, sentient things? Well, we're paying for it now. We are paying for it now. The rail cannons. Do you see the rail cannons that are pointed at her fort? Well, how are we? So- I'm well aware of that, Corporal. I'm well aware. General. How? When? When we first met back at that... Uh, at the academy, I know. At the academy, I can't... Uh, you said... I was just a lieutenant colonel then. You were just a lieutenant colonel. I was an ensign. And you said, you'll never be anything more than an ensign. And here we are. And... Just... Do you really think that... That this is... Do you think we're going to survive... I think that we're gonna survive. We you and I. Do you when you say we're, so? You mean you and I? Mm-hmm. But you don't mean everyone else. You don't mean 
The United States. The United States is long gone, Corporal. Oh, yes. You said that they would be safe. I, I'm just a military man. I'm not paid to think. I'm just paid to do what the commanding officer tells me. And after we elected that chimp... Here he comes. Over <laughs> Oh. Uh, uh, but I voted for that bill, too. The, and I voted for him. My my primate, my primate. What, what news have we of the infection? <laughs> oh. Uh, so, so Fort Bragg is safe. There's... No? No, only... Only... Only the Marines survived? How are you understanding all of this? I have a very Star Warsian Han Solo to Chewbacca link. So, like, you, you, mean, you mean Star Wars 4? Uh... <laughs> Of course. Or are you talking about the, the no, remake with Zac Efron? No, I'm specifically... That came out in 2023. I'm specifically talking about the 2023 edition where they go into a lot of detail about the alphabet of the Wookiee and, you know, kind of how they ruined the first three books because they went into the... Not books, movies, because they went to like... How, They're all the same now. Books, you know how, books are interactive. You know how like all that shit about the mitochondrion kind of like spoiled any of the interesting stuff about the first three? Well, I was just thinking that the 2023 book did the same thing about the alphabet and and, and ruined everything and the fact that they put Zac Efron in the movies. I don't understand. And now I feel like... I'm gonna die and I'm never gonna understand what George Lucas has planned for the universe. Snap out of it, man. Oh. Snap out of it. <laughs> Alright, I really shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I really it's okay, it's, sir. I, I, I learned how to control people from the from the way that characters I mean, in film noir the fact that you treat women. I mean, since you have telekinesis, I'm not very surprised. Here, have a tissue. Thank you. Oh, Aloe, it's so soft. Here, let me throw that away for you. Thank you. Yeah, you throw it. Oh. oh, thank you, Astromech. Alright, I just have to say that if this is going to be our final mission, I want you to promise me that even though I'm pregnant, if I die, you'll... Take the baby and raise it on your own. I promise. Okay. Thanks. So. Can you, uh, can you watch the guns while I go pee? <laughs> like, I really, like, I have to, I have to say. Okay. I really I'll, had to. <laughs> I'll watch the real gun. Yeah, like, I'm... I'm... <laughs> I've just been holding it in for a long time. It's okay. I know I'm telekinetic, so I have really good holding it in abilities, but it's getting to that breaking point. It's okay. I'll watch the guns. I'll watch the railgun. All right. And the turret. Oh, shit. There's a bomb in the urinal. Boom! Oh, shit.
shit. I guess I have to take care of this baby on my own. <laughs> Thanks, Chewbacca, for saying you're raisin. <laughs> Thanks, primate. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. You're not Chewbacca. <laughs> you're the primate. What? <laughs> The end! <laughs> You've been listening to Improv Town. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're in the Rhode Island area, don't forget to check out all the great local improv. Pig, the Providence Improv Guild, has shows every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 8. The Contemporary Theater down in Wakefield is currently doing Maestro Improv at 9.30 on Fridays, and the Bit Players do Shore Form down in Newport every Friday and Saturday night at the Firehouse Theater, and that's BYOB, so that's always fun. You can also check out Improv Jones, Rhode Island's longest-running improv show, on the first Saturday of every month. That's down at the uh, AS220 Black Box in Providence. Last but not least, there's a new improv theater in town, Wage House, which has shows every Friday night at 8 in Pawtucket. And many of these theaters also offer great improv classes, so don't forget to check those out as well. I'm sure Google can help you find everything you need. See you next time. Have you tried Hell or High Watermelon from 21st Amendment Brewery? It's a wheat beer brewed with watermelon. It's a seasonal release brewed and canned by 21st Amendment Brewery in San Leonardo, California.